And now we're going to learn the 61st mimer of Samach Vav, which is also the last mimer in the book, which is called Hashlamas Hadrush, the completion of the whole series. Now this mimer, the Rebbe Rashab didn't actually say in public like all the other mamarim, but rather he wrote as a completion of the entire book of Samach Vav. And in this mimer, he answers the three questions with which we began, with which the Rebbe Shah began the Hemshech in the first mimer. And so we're going to, so to speak, skip all the way now to the very last mimer, not just because before Rosh Hashanah of this year, during the hundredth year of the Rebbe Shah's Sistalkos, that we should be able to get to the answer of the questions, but also it's worthwhile to, at this point, learn the last mimer in the whole Hemshech, because since it's the completion and the totality of everything that's being explained in the other 530 pages, by understanding the main ideas, at least getting straight, in a very general way, the picture, at least having in your head a general picture of the main ideas that the Rebbe Shab is going to explain in this mimer, will also be able to know what it is we have to pay attention to what the rest of the book is about. Because the rest of the book is explaining all these ideas, and this mimer, so to speak, puts it all together and puts the pieces together to answer the questions about Rosh Hashanah. And then we'll learn the other 59 mamarim that actually explains all these ideas by Richos. So, so in order to understand this mimer, we have to first by begin by learning one of the main ideas that's explained in Samachvav and generally in Chassidus, based on, of course, on Kabbalah. And that is that generally, the way God manifests, the totality of all the manifestations of God after Tzimtzum, meaning, before He created anything, there was just Orin Sof, God's infinite light. When God was revealing everything, He was as infinite light. Now, of course, at that place, there's no place for worlds to exist, as we learned. He had to do the first Tzimtzum, which means He concealed, He was Masalik, he removed his light from a void and empty space in which all the worlds could be created. Now, in that empty space, that void, when he creates worlds, when he brings the kav, the ray of his light, back into that empty space to create worlds, generally, all the worlds and all the manifestations of everything of created reality, God manifests generally in three main ways, corresponding to the way he introduced himself on Matan Torah, when God introduced himself at the giving of the Torah, Anochi Havaya Elokecha. I, Havaya Elokim. Those are the general three ways, the three parts of him, the three main visages, faces persona ways that God manifests, just like each and every one of us, all of us have different ways we manifest, right? We That's the whole idea of internal family systems, IFS theory of therapy, and the whole idea of Carl Jung, of the archetypes that we all have with our, inside ourselves, lots of different persona, and the whole Tanya is based on the fact that we don't just have one personality, we're not Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, it's part of the human condition that we have a lot of different types of ways we manifest, even the shadow, we have all different ways we manifest. So Lahavdil, that comes from the fact that our soul is a reflection of God and within God. 
after Tzimtzum, after God contracts, of course, within, before Tzimtzum, before God contracts his infinity, there's no faces, there's no multiplicity, Chalila, before Tzimtzum, before God contracts himself, that's what our fundamental of faith is, that God has no form whatsoever, that's God in his infinity, without any form at all. But after he contracts himself, after Tzimtzum, and he brings about reality, generally there are three main ways that God manifests. And that is, we call them, as God contracts himself to create and manifest as the world, to become king of the world. That's the name Elohim. God brings about a light that could actually manifest as the, as the created world. When we speak about God's malchus, God's kingship, it doesn't just mean that God is king of the world. It means that God brings about a light. The light is called malchus. Malchus is the tenth of the spheres. Malchus is the, when God contracts, Taylor makes a light that could actually bring about reality. That's Shem Elohim, that's Memali Kolalman. That's God's imminence. That's how God fills the world like a soul fills the body. God fills the world like the soul fills the body. God is found, His light is found in every detail of reality. That's called Memali Kolalman. That's the Zeranpin, the small face of God, that God brings about Himself as King, that He's able to create created reality. But just like a teacher, when we're speaking about a teacher that's incomparably greater than the student. Let's say, you know, Rabbi Akiva has to teach a, 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 a five-year-old Torah. So what has to happen is that the teacher has to first remove all the intellect that's going on in his own mind. Because in the teacher's own mind, there are all the ideas on his level. The student can't receive that. So the teacher has to, so to speak, remove all the ideas and then give the idea that the student could receive, like taking, imagine, like, so to speak, a drop from a lake or something. So the drop of the godly light is Mamaliklam, and that's the light of God that fills the world that's created reality. But the drop comes from... Let's say the teacher, all the teacher knows, that's God's infinite light. That's called Soviv Kolalm and Shem Havaya. That's like the teacher's ideas, the teacher's mind when it's still in the teacher's head, so to speak. It's everything the teacher knows. That's God's infinite light. When God reveals everything is, that's God's transcendence. That's Shem Havaya. That's the infinite light of Hashem that can't be contained within the worlds. This is Kutcheburchu Vishchinte, as we learned about in the first Mimer. And of course, this infinite light, Havaya, is what Torah and Mitzvahs bring about. The Torah and Mitzvahs bring the Havaya into the Elikim, the transcendent infinite light, into the world, like the teacher eventually will make that the student could receive everything the teacher knows. But then there's the Anoichi. There's the Atzmus, there's God's essence before he reveals himself, like the teacher himself, besides the intellect. The teacher as is, as a person. So to Hashem, as the Atik, as the Ancient of Days, Hashem in the highest level after Tzimtzum is when He is as He is. And that's known as God's pleasure. If you could imagine, like, when a person has pleasure, they're not able to go out of themselves. When a person is in a state of pleasure, they're within themselves totally. You don't really talk when you're having pleasure. You're within yourself. And Hashem, at that level, when He's still within Himself, He hasn't revealed anything. But He has pleasure to create worlds. The worlds are just seen as God's pleasure. That's the truth of God. There's God's imminence, God's transcendence, and God's truth. God is I, God before he reveals when he just takes pleasure and that's what brings about all the worlds. That's God in his essence. And the secret of reality, as Hasidus Soe says, is that how do we draw down God's essence into the world? The answer is by 
synthesizing the paradox. In other words, if Mamali Kolalman is God's finite light that manifests as the world, and Soviv Kolalman is God's infinite light that can't be contained in the worlds, that's a paradox. How could infinity be in the finite? How could God's transcendent infinite light that all the highest spiritual worlds can contain be contained within the confines of literally the physical world and everything physical in this world? That's a paradox. And so the Maggid of Mizrich always taught, of the one that makes peace in the heaven, because the Shemayim, the heaven is a Shemayim, fire and water. And who makes Shalom, who makes peace between fire and water? God's essence. Because the rule is that when there's a thesis and an antithesis, the synthesis, you need to have a place that's able to ameliorate, to put together that paradox. So it's God's essence. That's what allows Mamali and Soiviv to be connected together. So when we do Torah Mitzvahs and we unite Seviv with Mamali, Havai, and Elikim, actually what also gets revealed is Atzmus, the very essence of Hashem, which is the ultimate purpose of creation. And the Rebbe Shab says, now we can understand that this is the ideas that are going to be explained in this Hemshech of Samach Vav, and that's what's connected to Rosh Hashanah, because Malchias is connected to Mamali Kolam. And the Indian of Malchias, of making God king, is drawing down Mamali Kolam and from Seviv Kolam. And just like we learned that the teacher, in order to be able to explain to a student that's in an incomparably low level, has to do tzimtzum, has to, so to speak, bring about, put aside everything that's going on in the teacher's mind and have the patience and go down and figure out how they're going to go down into the head of the student and explain it in a way that the student should understand. So when we speak about Malchus making God king, as we know that it's found in Kabbalah from the Arizal and throughout Hasidus, that the deeper meaning on Rosh Hashanah of Binyan Malchus of making Hashem king is not just a general declaration that you're making God into a king, but it also happens to be that the kingship of God is the actual light, the actual energy that becomes reality. Malchus, God's kingship, is the world. A physical king and the nation are two separate things, but God's Malchus is such a way, God's Malchus is that when God becomes king, that him becoming king, that aspect of him being king, is the energy, is the Koyach HaPoyol Benifal, is the light that becomes the actual, manifests as the reality that we see. So that's Malchus is drawing down Mimale Kolalman from Seviv of Kolalman, drawing down, when we say Malchus, it's because Erev Rosh Hashanah, all the energy, all the light that makes up the universe goes back up to Hashem just like before anything was created when there was just Hashem's essence so so everything goes back up to Hashem in other words because when God creates the world every time there's always just enough energy for one year like the Torah says the Torah says that there's a beginning of the year and the end of the year Rosh Hashanah and there's an end of the year but if time is circular what does it mean there's a beginning and an end but rather we understand Kabbalistically the idea really is that the 10th sphere, the idea of Malchus, the idea of Mamalek Almen, that so to speak, God, when he originally explained to the student, when he originally emanated the worlds, it was only enough energy and light for a year. And Erev Shoshana, when the sun goes down, that's it. There's no more energy for the world to exist, so we have to draw down Mamalek Almen, and that's the saying of Malchus which is to draw down the godly light that could be imminent and fill all worlds, the vitality that enclose in all the worlds, each thing according to its level, everything exactly tailor-made to it, souls like this and angels like this, to the extent that there's a divine godly light for every particular blade of grass, mamish. 
but then we could also understand the question that we asked at the beginning in the first mimer, which is, once we already made God king of the world, what's the idea of Zechreinus, that we also have to make God remember us, seemingly if he just became king. And we know that the vitality of God of being king becomes the actual being and of, of everything that exists, so God knowing about everything is what everything really is. But that's only God as he's Mamali Kolam and as he's Shemalikim as he contracted himself. But Rosh Hashanah is about drawing down all of God, making all of God king of the world, not just the contracted aspect of God's light, but Zechreinus is that we also want God's save of Kolam and his infinite light itself to be drawn down into the world. Zechreinus is or HaSoiv of Mamish, that Soiv of itself should come into the world and Havai should be united in the Elikim. In other words, Malchus is just drawing down the finite light that becomes reality, the Mamali from Sovev. But Torah Mitzvahs and Rosh Hashanah especially making God king is when we actually want to draw down Zechreinus by, by saying the Psukim of Zechreinus is where we're actually drawing down Soiv of Kol Almin into the, itself, the infinite light itself into the world. Which is the answer to the question that even though, of course, God knows about everything in the world, but we want Him to remember us, to remember, remember, we have to remember only something that you're far from. You have to remember something you're far from. God's infinite save of calm and transcendent light transcends us is infinitely far from us. So he has to remember us, meaning Zohar, also Mashpia, Malashan, masculine. We want to draw down that save of Kulaman into the world. That's the meaning of Zechreinus. Even though he he's our king, but we also want that infinite light to be into the world. And that's all done through the shofar, because even though most mitzvahs are connected to save of Kol Almin, but shofar is connected to Atik, to God in His essence, because as we learn to be able to unite Seva and Mamale to bring about that yichud, that unification, that paradox, it has to come from God as He is the teacher Himself, so to speak. God as He is before He reveals anything. He doesn't reveal His infinity or His finitude. His Havai early Kim, the Anoichi Hashem as He is in His essence, and that's the secret of Shofar, which is why it's connected to Tshuva, because Tshuva is going back to God before God gave Torah Mitzvah's God as He is in His essence. That's what Shofar is. So Shofar is what's able to connect the Sevev into the Mamale. But the question is that if it's the shofar, if it's the essence of God that's needed to unite Havai and Elikim, Amali and Seivev, then why wouldn't shofar come first? Why do psuk, the psukim, the verses of shofar, come last? And the Rebbe Shab explains that that's exactly the point. The shofar itself, the tekiyas shofar, the sounding of the shofar itself does come first. When you hear the actual shofar, that's a revelation of optic of God's essence that then allows His infinite light to be united within the finite world that we're in. So the blowing of the shofar taka comes first. But when you blow the shofar, that's just the essence of God. You're touching with the shofar, the essence of God, that that then allows soiviv kolam and the infinite light to be revealed in the finite, in the world. But when you say the psukim of shofaris, the psukim, according to Hasidus, the psukim about shofar, are greater than the blowing of the shofar itself. You know, I never understood before I learned to see this, like, what's this whole idea of you say these psukim of shofars to God, you're like, it's like a chidona tanach, you're like reading to God, like 10 psukim that have to do with shofar. No, this explains when you read the words of the Holy Torah, these are 10 psukim of tanach, of the Holy Torah, Torah is how God reveals Himself, and Hasidus explains that that includes the highest levels, meaning the very essence, Mamish, is also through Torah. So the Psukim of Shoifris 
is how the essence of God actually comes down into the world. Like we learned that that's the point of creation, dear B'tachtoinim. You see, when you're just uniting Mamali and Sayyidah, the essence, God as is in his essence, allows Havai and Alikim to be united. But the Psukim of Shoifris, when you threw the actual, every Jew saying the words of the Psukim of Shoifris, that facilitates God's essence, Mamish, as is, to come down into the world, not be revealed, because we're talking about God's essence, what's called Helam Ha'atzmi, the essential concealment, God before any revelation, as we're going to learn a lot more. And that's what's brought, Nimshach, brought into the world, Dira, becomes a home in the world by saying the Psukim of Shoifris. Now, the truth is that this level of Helam Atzmi, the very essence of God, is the Kedusha of Yom Kippur and especially Ni'ila, because this is what's going to be revealed when Mashiach comes, as we learned in the first Maimer, Dir which shines in the world in Yom Kippur and especially by Ni'ila, which is why you can't eat and drink in Yom Kippur, because at this level of God before any revelation, there's just God, so you, there's no action to do, there's no eating or drinking, there's just being within God. And that's where all atonement comes from, of course, because at that place there's just God. So you, and Yom Kippur, that's the whole day, but it begins entering the world through the Psukim of Shoifris. And that's why when, like we asked in the beginning of the Mimer, when Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, we don't blow Shofar. And the reason is because these three levels are drawn on Shabbos by themselves, and especially through the three meals, the three Sudas of Shabbos. Friday night is connected to the feminine Mamaliklam, and Friday night is when the light of God, when God contracts Himself to bring the, make the world that light rises up. Hashem rests, so to speak, just like when a person rests, their labor and they've been expanding their energy out to themselves. The energy goes back into them. So Friday night, Mamalikol Alman is revealed in the world, and then Shabbos morning, Soiv of Kol Alman is when Hashem essentially rests an even higher level and reveals His infinite light. Is Shabbos morning, and then Shalashudas is this like a bechin of Neil and Yom Kippur. Shalashudas connects the two. Zochav Hashomer B'dibur Echad, masculine and feminine as being one, the oneness of God. That's Shalashudas. So Shabbos, all these three levels happen by themselves, so you don't need shofar. In the Beis Hamikdash, they would blow shofar because even these three levels, as they're in the world now, can't compare to when they're in the Beis Hamikdash. So then you need in the Beis Hamikdash you blow shofar because these three levels are brought down in a whole new way. But right now in the rest of the world we don't blow shofar because Shabbos brings down these three reveals these three levels in the world by themselves. But the Psukim of Shoifris, we do say on Shabbos, because even though Shabbos is all the revelations are by itself, it's Dafka through Torah. Torah is or is everything has to be the revelation of Torah, and therefore to really draw down the Helam Ha'atzmi, the essential concealment God as he is in his very essence before he reveals anything, even on Shabbos that has to be done through Torah, through the reading of the Psukim of Shofras. Because in Matan Torah, why do the Psukim, why does Torah have the power? Because Matan Torah, like we learned in the introduction, everything was given in Matan Torah, absolutely everything. But they won't be revealed fully until Mashiach is going to come, when there's going to actually be a dear B'tach but the way that now we bring down the world is by saying the Psukim of Shoifras.